This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. Five bucks a month, you get access to all our bonus content, plus your own haiku written for you in red on the air, and a free month subscription to Means TV. It's Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. Here's the news. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo made a public appearance today to make this claim. Al-Qaeda has a new home base. It is the Islamic Republic of Iran. As a result, bin Laden's wicked creation is poised to gain strength and capabilities. We ignore this Iran-Al-Qaeda nexus at our own peril. It's so far-fetched, Reuters described Pompeo's allegations as baseless in the lead of its story on Pompeo's remarks, which didn't just allege present-day ties between al-Qaeda and Iran. Pompeo said that there are ties between Iran and the big one from almost 20 years ago. And while there's no evidence Iran helped plan or had foreknowledge of the 9-11 attacks, at least eight of the 9-11 hijackers traveled through Iran between October of 2000 and February of 2001. Indeed, in 2011, a federal judge in New York ruled that Iran had provided support for the 9-11 attacks based on the role it played in furthering al-Qaeda operatives' plans. Ah, yes. Slipping in the old Iran helped do 9-11 right before leaving office in a move that benefits actual 9-11 doers, Saudi Arabia. Beautiful. The Trump administration has long worked to fabricate ties between Iran and al-Qaeda, despite major and obvious sectarian differences between the two, Trita Parsi, former head of the National Iranian American Council, noted this morning that the president once, quote, gave classified documents to the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, the main lobby for war with Iran in D.C., purportedly connecting Iran and al-Qaeda, but despite the fanfare, the documents proved no such thing. Ominously, today's announcement by Pompeo came after he was spotted last night by a Politico White House reporter having dinner at Cafe Milano in Georgetown with the head of Mossad, President Trump has just eight days left in office to undermine Joe Biden's promise to relax tensions with Iran. A new EPA rule finalized on Tuesday would shield major polluters from further regulations on greenhouse gas emissions. I suppose the Trump administration is still functioning after all. Under the new guidance, only industries that emit 3% or more of total U.S. greenhouse gas emissions would fall under regulatory authority under the Clean Air Act to restrict emissions. Only one industry fits that description, though. That's power generation. The 3% threshold is an arbitrary marker that leaves several high-polluting industries free from emissions regulations. They include oil and gas, which is responsible for only 2.5%. Also, landfills and cement and steel manufacturers fall below the line and thus wouldn't be regulated under the Clean Air Act. The new rule is set to be published in tomorrow's Federal Register. President Trump also made a public appearance this morning at the White House, his first since last Wednesday's unrest at the Capitol. Trump renounced violence and then had this to say about Congress's response to January 6th. On the impeachment, it's really a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in the history of politics. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. This impeachment is causing tremendous anger, and you're doing it, and it's really a terrible thing that they're doing for 
Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to continue on this path. I think it's causing tremendous danger to our country, and it's causing tremendous anger. I want no violence. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Congress is endangering and enraging the country, but no violence, please. Trump made the remarks just before departing to Texas to the border town of Alamo for a celebration of his border wall. And speaking of militarized law enforcement, there is more news about the ties between cops and Wednesday's insurrection, something we explored yesterday. Capitol Police say they have suspended, quote, several officers. They and others are being investigated for their role in events on January 6th. Congressman Tim Ryan told reporters that one of the suspended officers was the one caught taking a selfie with a Trump supporter. Another, quote, was an officer that put a MAGA hat on and started directing some people around. One sign of a failing state is its decaying infrastructure, and the U.S. is excelling at this standard. A new report from the American Society of Civil Engineers estimates that the country currently needs $13 trillion in infrastructure repairs and upgrades. We're $13 trillion behind right now. We're talking about crumbling roads, railways, bridges, airports, decrepit drinking water facilities. Joe Biden has offered a wholly insignificant $2 trillion infrastructure package. And the group estimates that over the next 20 years, the U.S. will commit to spending $7.3 trillion on infrastructure, bringing the total gap to about $5.6 trillion by 2040. If you ask me, that's an optimistic assumption that Congress will appropriate $7 trillion toward infrastructure over the next 20 years. I mean, I've lived through enough infrastructure weeks to be pretty pessimistic. But even if that spending number is reached, the $5.6 trillion infrastructure deficit will still cause major problems. If unaddressed, the American Society for Civil Engineers estimates that by 2039, the U.S. will have lost $10.3 trillion in wealth and over 3 million jobs due to our decaying infrastructure. Finally, and perhaps the most unbelievable story of the day, it looks like former Governor of Michigan Rick Snyder might actually face federal charges over his role in the Flint water crisis. Associated Press reported on Tuesday afternoon that the state's attorney general had informed counsel for Snyder, his former health director, and other ex-staffers who were in power during the scandal in 2014 that they will be indicted. 100,000 residents of the city of Flint were poisoned after a decision was made by one of Rick Snyder's appointed financial planners to switch the city's water supply to the heavily polluted Flint River in order to save costs. Filthy water triggered an outbreak of Legionnaire's disease, which claimed the lives of at least nine people. It also exposed as many as 12,000 children to dangerously high levels of lead. Snyder's health director at the time, Nick Leon, faced charges of involuntary manslaughter for failing to notify the public of the outbreak and the known risks associated with the drinking water change. Those charges, though, were eventually dropped and the investigation was restarted. Now, Leon faces charges anew, right alongside the former governor. The AP reported that it did not know exactly what the former officials would be charged with. To this day, there are still, still pipes and service lines in Flint that were corroded by the water change and have yet to be replaced. That'll do it for the newscast today. 
Once again, consider subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Stay tuned for Thursday, where we have a brand new episode of Means Morning News over at Means TV. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.